We're busy planning for season two of the Journey Continues podcast, and since August is National Minority Donor Awareness Month, we're sharing some of our favorite episodes from season one. Pam had a good heart emotionally, but it was failing her physically, and she didn't have long to live. In stepped Emma with the difficult decision to donate her beloved 20-year-old son, Mario's heart, a choice that will bring them all together forever. The best choice I ever made in my life is to let my baby live on. Oh, Emma, I thank God for you. Thank you. We will never let you go because I'm here (laughs) and Mario's here. He just is in me. That's Pam Morris-Walton and Emma O'Neill, mother of Mario Cousins, declared brain dead after being shot in the head by a stranger in 2016. As a result, the lives of seven strangers were saved. Welcome to The Journey Continues, a podcast committed to promoting kidney health and organ donation through powerful stories. I'm your host, Monica Fox, kidney transplant recipient and director of outreach and government relations for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. This series will feature the journeys of kidney patients, living donors, transplant recipients, donor families, and industry experts who continue to educate the community through their own experiences and stories. We hope that you find inspiration, understanding, and motivation to register as an organ donor or consider living donation. The journey continues. This time out, I'll be talking to Emma and Pam. Before we get into it, though, a quick note. Organ donation and transplant experiences touch on a lot of spiritual emotions. You'll hear us all get a little emotional and a little religious in this discussion. Please know the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois is committed to saving lives regardless of religion, race, color, sex, or any other legally protected statuses. Okay, we begin our conversation as I asked Emma to tell me about Mario and what made him so special. First of all, the first thing made him so special because he was the first love of my life, my firstborn. Came out kind-hearted as ever. I always had a kind heart. Like, he always loved a gift. He always been a family person. And he was also self-oriented. Like, he was a self-person. Like, he never bothered nobody. He ran his own business. Not to say that he was no different from the next teenage kid coming up. He did typical things. He got in trouble as well. But he was respectful. He was just my, my heart, my love. Like, he was my everything. Oh, I wish I had known him. So I know that, you know, it was just a very difficult time. Um, How did you decide to donate Mario's organs? Well, it was a hard decision, but they gave me the option to keep them for one more day so they can, like, test or whatever they had to do. Like, I'm I'm not for sure, like, what they had to do, but they were telling me how, like, he was so strong, his body was so strong, his organs were so healthy, and, like, they were telling me his situation, like, he brain dead, he's gone, like, and my baby was an organ donor anyway. So he had made the decision to be an organ donor himself. Yeah, already, yeah he had already made the decision, and he used to always say he always wanted to be cremated and just get everything else away. So did that make that decision easier for you? No. No, I'm not going to never say that it made it easier for me because I don't think that's an easy decision for anyone, whether he was 
for it or not. Like that was definitely a hard decision to make because I was losing my child. I had the option to either look at my son, which I knew he would not like that. He would have never wanted that state. So when they gave me the option to leave him in a vegetable state or get a complete bill of health to seven other people, I knew my baby choice would have been to get them other seven people a complete bill of health than to leave me in this state right here where I can't do nothing. Like I'm just a vegetable. Like I don't even know I'm here. I feel like everything is done for a purpose. I think everything like the world is shaped at a purpose. And my son was the same way. Like we looked at things in like the same way. We was we was so connected. And I know his option would have been let them live their life to the fullest. His aspiration day had came and it ain't like he had not lived his life. The short life, even though it was a short life, he had definitely had a beautiful life. It sounds like he had a life full of love and that he had given so much love and that he knew that he had a purpose and he was willing to live on through others. And that is just so remarkable um, that a, a man, a young man of his age had made that decision for himself. I do understand as a mother that no matter what, it was a very difficult time for you. And I just want to applaud your strength and your courage to have made that decision and to continue to share his story and to keep his legacy alive. And I I thank you for that. You're welcome. Beautiful. So what advice or words of wisdom would you give to other parents who are in a similar situation that you were in? What I definitely would tell them, like, yes, it is a hard decision. Yes, you will have doubts about it. Like, who wouldn't? But it's also a remarkable and and an amazing gift to someone to actually give them the chance of life. Like, that's an amazing feeling. Like, true enough, you're going through a, a down. But every time you think about that person living your your loved one living through that person, here come your up. Like, cause that's how I feel. Like, I be down. Like, I be missing my baby. As soon as I miss my baby, I go on Facebook and look at Pam on her, um, <laughs> on her podcast or something in the crazy stuff. I jump up there on the podcast. I love you. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Awesome. When you down, to be able to reach to someone to let them know, like, hey, yeah. I'm thinking about you. Love you. And they can respond back. That's an amazing feeling for a person to be able to respond back. Pam, my transplant warrior sister, we both know a thing or two about waiting. How long had you had to wait for your heart transplant. Monica, thank you for this opportunity. And I want you to know that I was admitted into the hospital on July 28th. And on August the 24th, we got that message that morning um, that it had arrived and I could not eat or drink anything that morning. The heart actually was done on that night they prepped me around 9 p.m. Wow. So you spent almost a month in the hospital. 27 days. Wow. That's amazing. Um, tell us how you felt when they told you that they had a heart for you. What happened? I was not only surprised, I was happy 
because it had been a false alarm several weeks before that, and it just wasn't the right right to move forward. And uh, a little disappointing, but I was okay because I was told that you will get the right heart. Don't worry, you will get the right heart. So I don't know exactly what it was with the numbers or the blood or something, but uh, when it did happen, I was better than happy because I needed a new heart. I needed a new heart. Not a stent, not a pacemaker, but a heart. Amazing. Um, So I am just so thrilled that you received the gift that you needed. And you and I both share Christianity in common. And as I waited for my kidney transplant, I always said, God has a kidney for me. And when Mm. it comes, it will be perfect. Yes. And it sounds like you felt the same way. I did. I did. And I had so much faith and love with very close friends and family that I never gave up. And then, of course, I love gospel music. So listening to music all day long and into the night and encouraging messages, I had something to hold on to. And I held on to my faith. Yes. That's very important um, in a situation like this. So tell me, Pam, how has your life changed post-transplant? I was blessed with the second chance at life. I look at things differently now because I didn't have to be here. He didn't have to save my life and let me be blessed because I know to get someone else's heart, someone else, something has to happen to that person for me to get someone else's heart as you to get someone's possibly kidney. God bless me to be able to enjoy my family, my grandchildren, and of course, the things that mean so much to me, my husband who spent 57 days with me and was there every day. It meant the world. My church friends, my pastor, just getting another opportunity to take life a little bit more seriously is what God afforded me. I'm a little emotional, so I hope it's okay. I, I, you know, when I talk about this, even when I wrote about it, it was, it was difficult. It is impossible not to get emotional about a gift such as this. The selfless gift that um, a family gives when they make a decision about organ donation, mm-hmm. um, and, and the gift that that people give their families when they decide in advance that they would be willing to help someone through the miracle of organ donation. So I understand your emotion um, and the idea that although we know that our lives were saved, um, we do feel for that family and their loss. That's right. Nobody, nobody, Monica, would know what I'm talking about, unless they have gotten that experience. Well, you let something happen to you where you can't live. You will die. Death is not negotiable. It's non-negotiable. So they gave me the ultimatum of not getting a new heart and just going to nothing, just disappearing, going into hospice. 
not living because I had that pick line in my arm. And they said that wasn't good for me, but for so long, but God. So I probably am going to be praising him every day of the rest of my life. So what do you do with that gratitude? I hear the overwhelming gratitude and emotion in your voice. How do you express that? I, I, I tell people sometimes without them asking. <laughs> I've always had energy. I've always loved peppermint tea. But uh, this is double excitement now because, see, I got a young heart. Okay? I, 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 I got a young heart. And I wasn't a young, that young of a lady when God blessed me with the heart that he has given to me. So the gratefulness is almost undescribable, Monica. Almost really undescribable. I'm just grateful. Wow. Um, so, so let's lighten it up and let's talk about if any of your tastes or preferences changed after you received Mario's heart. Absolutely. Tell me about it. Well, I've always loved hamburgers. Uh-huh. But I never loved them like I love them now. I've always cheeseburgers. I can't wait to get, well, I don't know if I should tell you this, but I love five <laughs> guys. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then if my if my husband passes what I have to tell him, please stop. I have to do that. I love cereal. I can't eat enough Frosted Flakes. And I never really cared about them that much. I'd eat them every now and then. But I found out that he loved them. And I eat fruit, fresh fruit. I could eat a whole watermelon. Wow. I never, you know, I could eat slices before, but I have a, I have a thirst for that. I, I will eat a bowl of cereal at night. And Mario influenced this? Yes. Yes, he did. Because when I did, you know, when we met and got a chance to meet and talk and, you know, uh, I asked her, uh, I said, did Mario like cheeseburgers? Did he like cereal? She said, yes. She said, oh, and then you should have seen the emotion on her face. It was like, oh, my baby, my baby. Wow. That, 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 that's my baby. That's my baby. And then together we said fruit. Together those words came out. And I said, and she said, there's something else he loved. And together we said fruit. I said, yes. I can't get enough fruit. I mean, I can eat blueberries and strawberries and, and raspberries without stopping. And never had that urge to do that before in my life. It was okay. I would eat, you know, if they're serving it or something. But now I cannot get enough of it. And when I tell you about cornflakes, I'm sorry, frosted flakes, mm -hmm. I will eat them for lunch, breakfast, and dinner. And my husband said, are you okay? I said, yes, we fine. So that brings me to a question for both you and Emma. I'd love for you to tell me about how you both met. Oh, wow. <laughs> we met at a gathering in Naperville. Was it Naperville or Atasca? Uh, Atasca. Atasca at the uh, Gift of Hope office. Oh, yes. We left. Mm -hmm. we, we met at the foundation, mm -hmm. um, at the organization for um, Gift of Hope in mm -hmm. Atasca. They had gave me an option. They had just sent me a whole bunch of letters. Like they were sending me letters because true enough, yes, I was in a depressive state at the time because I had lost my son. And, and then I had lost like two of them at the same time because one had got incarcerated for the situation and one had got buried. 
So I was like in a real hurt situation at the time. But I got letters like, and all I kept thinking about was my babies ain't got no kids. I ain't got no grandkids. Like <laughs> our family line was cut off. Like my baby had no family line. And like, that was my only thing that I was saying. Like my baby didn't even get a chance to have no family. So out of the blue, Renata called me. She asked me, how you doing and everything. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting through. And that's Renata from Gift of Hope Donor Family Services. Yeah, she called me and she asked me, like, um, I have a lot of letters and can on that they didn't wrote and, and and from families, some families who are different nationalities, they couldn't speak English, but she had interpreters that was gonna explain to me what they were saying and they were so grateful and it was like so overwhelming. And the crazy part about it was it was the grandkids that sent me all the letters and stuff and I was just I feel like, wow. oh wow, like it was just a whole bunch of kids came out of everywhere and said that they love me. Like, I love you. Thank you. Thank Mario. My my um grandma, like, their grandfather was still there and their father was still there. And I'm like, oh, wow. And all the babies just sent <laughs> me letters saying that they love me. And then one thing that really took me over and I felt like that was the, like, best piece of my puzzle was Pam. Before I had to turn that plug off, all we was doing was trying to make sure that that heart stayed strong. And I made sure that heart was strong. It was at 100% and it never dropped. And I felt him squeeze my hand. That gave me a comfort of, like, he was pulling through. He was like, like, he's not leaving me. Like, I'm not leaving you. I'm just coming mm-hmm. through better for you. And like I tell Pam all the time, like, I'm a church person. Like, I love church. I love God. So, I couldn't get my baby to go to church because he always thinks in order to go to church, he got to put on a suit. Like, he ain't going in church home without a suit. Like, every time you say something about church, he's like, man, I ain't got no suit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he thinks the only way to get in the church was a suit. So, I was telling Pam, I couldn't get my baby up in the church home. Mm-hmm. Not to go my baby yet. And now I stay up in the church. <laughs> In the church home. <laughs> so what is your relationship like now? Oh, we conversate on a daily basis. Pretty much daily. <laughs> we get yeah, we're pretty daily. close. <laughs> so we text daily or conversate daily and maybe meet up um, like during our memorial time, like next month, like we normally gather around next month. Um, so it sounds like you two are connected at the heart. Yes. <laughs> I think we are. Yeah. 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 It's like we think about each other at the same time. Like when I'm thinking about her, she thinks about me. Like we yeah. I take this come two seconds apart. Like, hey, hey. <laughs> Justin's thinking about you. Like we came through together. And I always say in my Texas uh Monica, I always say from us. Well, I'm almost in tears. You know, you weren't supposed to do that to me. I have on makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is such a beautiful and moving story. I'm sure there's probably not a dry eye of those who are listening. Um, Emma, do you have a relationship with the other um, organ recipients? Well, um, I think one passed away, but not due to the the organ um, situation. Mm -hmm. I think it's like one or two passed away, but it wasn't due to the transplant situation. It was due to other underlying problems. But... um, the other five, like they, that's, they are Hispanic, so therefore, like they send emails, and I get correspondence from Renata on how they doing, and and hey and hi, because we 
we can't communicate with each other. Like they don't speak English. It seems like, you know, out of a tragedy really came triumph. And Mario lives on. I'm living. I'm living because Mario, Mario is still triumph. He's still triumph because he's here, because he's in me. There you go. Like it's amazing feeling. That feeling is amazing. You can get a response from that person. Yeah, yeah. He's in me. That is beautiful. And Emma, I have to share that um, my donor, my donor was a man the same age as me and he had a daughter. His daughter is the same age as my daughter. And she Mm. said those same things to me that whenever she was feeling down, she would just go to my Facebook page and, and see me and see how grateful I am and see what I was doing. And, and, you know, and, and that would lift her up. I don't take it to smile. Like you look at me like look at my baby smiling. Like wow. take it away. <laughs> what a blessing. What a blessing. So any closing thoughts that that uh you either of you would like to share? The best choice I ever made in my life is to let my baby oh. live on. Oh my God. Mm. Oh Emma. I thank God for you. Thank you. We will never let you go because I'm here <laughs> and Mario's here. He just is in me. Well, Mario's spirit has certainly captured me in this interview. And again, I say I wish I knew him, but his spirit clearly lives on through Pam and I can feel it. And Emma, again, um, you are in my thoughts and prayers daily. I got Pam, I'm going to be all right. (laughs) Thank you, Emma. (laughs) And I'm going to be all right because you gave me Mario. Emma and Pam, thank you so much for speaking with us today and for sharing your powerful story. Mario's name and story will never be forgotten. August is National Minority Donor Awareness Month. And almost 65% of the more than 4,000 Illinois residents waiting for a life-saving organ transplant are people of color. At the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois, we believe that transplant is the best treatment for kidney failure. Therefore, we work diligently to improve these statistics. You can help us change these statistics by considering organ donation. This podcast will continue to share stories of selflessness, hope, and new life. There are links in the episode notes for more information on living kidney donation and deceased donation like Emma and Mario chose. I'm your host, Monica Fox. Prevention of kidney disease is our mission at NKFI. One key to prevention is good nutrition. That's why at the end of each episode, you'll hear a nutrition fact. Here's our foundation dietitian, Dr. Melissa Prest, Here is today's nutrition tip about protein. Protein is one of the three macronutrients. Its main roles are to support body tissue and muscle growth and to provide energy. If you are someone living with chronic kidney disease or commonly referred to as CKD, the amount and type of protein is important. In the middle to late stages of CKD, go for plant-based protein swaps like legumes, nuts, seeds, or tofu in place of meat, poultry, pork, fish, and seafood. Serve up a protein portion that is about half the size of the palm of your hand. If you are someone being treated with dialysis, 
talk with your facility dietitian about your protein needs. You will typically go with the full size or a little larger than the palm of your hand to replace the protein you lose with each treatment. If you are post-transplant or if you are someone who has not been diagnosed with CKD, fill about a quarter of your plate with your protein of your choice. With today's nutrition tip, I'm Melissa Prest, a registered dietitian nutritionist and the foundation dietitian for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. The Journey Continues is brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois and is sponsored by Donate Life Illinois. To learn more about kidney disease and living donation, visit www.nkfi.org. To register to become an eye, tissue, and organ donor, visit lifegoeson.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to and leave a review for The Journey Continues in Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen.